Welcome to Living Water Radio. Have you ever gone fishing and caught a person? Maybe you have. Today, we're going to find out how. My name is Pastor David Burkettall. My wife, Reverend Sally Welch, is co-producing this podcast. Sally is a Christian Church, Disciples of Christ, United Church of Christ, ordained minister, focusing on ecumenical and interfaith ministry. I served Lutheran Christian congregations in Compton, California, and in San Dimas, California, for over 40 years. Today, maintaining our yard is my gym, and I'm active as a volunteer in the leadership of the more than 100 Evangelical Lutheran Church in America congregations in our area. Between the two of us, we have over 80 years of ordained ministry experience. Check out our first Living Water Radio podcast, number zero, Welcome and Introduction, for more information about us and this podcast. One of the first urban legends I ever heard was the one about the brush fire in Southern California, where firefighters who were extinguishing hotspots supposedly found a body after the flames had been knocked down. The person was reportedly wearing a diving mask, snorkel, and swim fins. How did he get there, everyone wondered, until someone realized that the flames had been knocked down by a super scooper airplane that got its water from a local reservoir where, well, I think you get the picture. I'm pretty sure that that is not what Jesus had in mind when he said, from now on, you will be catching people. Luke tells us in Luke chapter 5, verses 1 and 2, Once while Jesus was standing beside the lake of Gennesaret, and the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he saw two boats there at the shore of the lake. The fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. Commercial fishing was common around the Lake of Gennesaret, a.k.a. the Sea of Galilee. Net washing was regular maintenance for fishermen like Simon Peter, but not that day. There was no sound system for Jesus, so if you were at the back of the crowd, you'd press forward to hear better, and pretty soon the crowds were pushing Jesus toward the water. Then he saw a couple of empty boats. Luke continues with verse 3. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little way from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the crowds from the boat. Fishing by yourself is fun. You know what they say, give someone a fish and you feed them for a day, teach them how to fish, and you can sell them fishing equipment for the rest of their lives. Fishing for a living, though, is a job. Simon Peter was doing his job when Jesus got into Simon's boat and asked him to put out from the shore. He did, and gave Jesus a stable place to sit and teach, with water around him that bounced the sound of his voice to more people. Then Jesus put on a show, starting with verse 4. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we have been working all night long, but have caught nothing. Yet, if you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done this, they caught so many fish that their nets were beginning to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. Had Simon been listening to Jesus as he worked? Jesus had enough credibility for Peter to call him master, but 
If Peter had been impressed by Jesus' teaching, his regard for Jesus was about to take a sharp turn further upward. Simon Peter did something that made no sense to him. He knew how to fish. He was a fisherman. Yet when he was obedient to Jesus, he saw a result that, in its excess, scared him. How would you respond to this windfall if you were a commercial fisherman? Buy another boat? Put something away for a stormy day? Plan a larger family of potential workers? Ask Jesus to show you where to fish tomorrow? Peter's response is totally unexpected to our 21st century ears. We see it in verse 8. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. Why? He had seen something with his own eyes that he knew was impossible. You can't pour water from an empty cup, yet there it was, an excessive haul. He knew that he was in the presence of the holy, and by contrast, he felt his sin hit home like an uppercut from Mike Tyson. It literally knocked him to his knees. What happened next will surprise you. Yeah, that's clickbait. But in this case, nobody really has to say it. Luke concludes the story starting with verse 9. For he and all who were with him were amazed at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. Then Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will be catching people. When they had brought their boats to shore, they left everything and followed him. When they had brought their boats to shore, they left everything and followed him. I'll bet it surprised Simon Peter and James and John, too. What could have induced these three tough commercial fishermen to just walk away, to leave everything and follow Jesus? Luke tells us in verse 10b, Then Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will be catching people. Jesus called them, and Peter and James and John answered Jesus' call. That was it. They don't appear to have any qualifications at all. Here, God does not call the qualified. God qualifies the called. They would go on to spend three years being taught by Jesus before they began their ministries. They began with their obedience to Jesus' call. Each of us, likewise, are called to be evangelists. An evangelist is someone who shares the gospel, which means the good news. Some of us have the spiritual gift of evangelist, but not all. Peter Wagner, from whom I have read and taken a course on spiritual gifts, tells the story of taking a class in seminary from a professor who apologized for getting to class late one day. He explained that his car wouldn't start, so he had to take the bus. But he said when he boarded the bus, there was only one seat left. He sat next to a sad young man, and by the time the professor arrived at his stop, the young man had opened his heart to Jesus and received the gift of faith. The professor had the gift of evangelism. Young Peter Wagner was so inspired by that story that the next day he intentionally took the bus to school. As he boarded, he scanned the bus, he sat next to someone who looked like they needed to know Jesus, and by the time Peter Wagner arrived at his stop, they were mad at him. He didn't have the gift of evangelism. But all of us are given the role of evangelists. The final words of Jesus to his disciples at the end of the Gospel according to Matthew are described as the Great Commission. 
in Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. Now, I know that we all get a little nervous when it comes to evangelism. We all feel a little inadequate. We may even feel a little guilty. We feel like Simon Peter that we're not good enough for Jesus. But that's especially par for the course in a secular and materialist culture like our own. We want to get along, and that's part of the compromise that secular cultures expect of Christians. We are expected to be tolerant of others' beliefs and to keep our own to ourselves, just like the first Christians living in the Roman Empire. Yet, we are here because they witnessed to their faith in Jesus Christ, whatever the cost. How can we live so that we are catching people? I want to share five general outlines for catching people. You can fill them in as the Holy Spirit leads you. First, fishermen spend a lot of time and money figuring out where the fish are. If you want to catch people, you have to go to where the people are. Second, study after study has found that 80 to 85% of all people who come to a living relationship of faith do so as the result of the influence of friends or family. The Christian faith is often caught before it is taught. Third, catching people sometimes begins with catching up. Listen and learn where they are and where they are coming from before you speak. And don't work on what you are going to say in advance. Work on yourself. Be open to the Holy Spirit's leading through all things, but particularly in the Word and sacraments and in prayer and service. Sometimes people need to catch up with who you are before they catch on to what the Holy Spirit is doing in them. Fourth, invite people to come to faith, not to come to your church. People catch on to ulterior motives. Help people catch what no one else in our community can pitch, a living relationship with the one true living God. Fifth, it's been said that Christianity has historically rebounded from decline through holy living and the arts. Help people catch on to the work of God through their impression of God at work in you and through the expression of the arts that you support. A surprising number of churches have an attitude of, well, our doors are open. No one is stopping people from coming in. But fish rarely jump into a boat. Catching people is fundamental to who we are as disciples of Jesus Christ. What will we do to be catching the people that God is leading to faith in our own time? What God has given us is too necessary and too good to keep to ourselves. Today, let's remember to pray for all those who have yet to get the vaccines and the booster because they are most at risk to themselves and to others. And let's remember to pray the Lord's Prayer sometime today, the one that Jesus taught us. If you don't know what that is, contact us at therevsdavidandsally at gmail.com or send us a tweet to at David Burkadal, and we'll send it to you. Send your prayer requests to either of the same addresses and we'll include them next time. Send your comments there as well. As always, we encourage you to stay hydrated. Open your heart to receive the living water from the source, God's self. 
the living presence of the one true living God, the God who gave himself on the cross so that all who believe and are baptized might be restored to the living relationship with God for which we were created. Remember your church. Identify one if you don't already have one. Ask a friend about it or a family member. Google it. Contact the pastor. When you have a church, go to or tune into the worship service they have available and support your church financially so that it will be fully functioning as we move now out of the variants and back into the new normal. Support your pastor and church leaders. Pray for them and help them in any way that you can. They're trying to find their footing. They're trying to keep everybody happy. You know how impossible that is. Support them. Pray for them. If you or a loved one are having thoughts of suicide or are struggling with mental health issues, call somebody, contact a friend or a relative, Google a local national hotline, talk with a professional, reach out. You are not alone. There are people around you who will walk with you through this dark time and into the light. Wear a mask when you're outside your home, practice social distancing, wash or sanitize your hands regularly, get your vaccine. It's the one thing you can do to keep lowering the curve and to literally save lives. Do it for the sake of others. Avoid crowds if you can, and be outside if you have to be in a crowd. Be kind to everyone you come into contact with, especially those who are sacrificing their security to provide for yours. We all struggle in some way. Be a helper and an encourager. Thank you for listening to Living Water Radio. We are here for Christians and for the people of the Los Angeles metropolitan area who are looking for a sense of Christian community, a source of hope, and a way to thrive together during this global pandemic. We hope you'll tune in next time and invite your friends to do the same. Meanwhile, Sally and I encourage you to open your hearts to receive living water, the presence of the Holy Spirit, and stay hydrated.